Amen. You guys can have a seat. Thank you for singing with us today. Um, today is a really exciting morning. Um, we kind of put a bow on our Love Peoria series. This is our sixth week where we have been talking about what it looks like to love Peoria. And what we've been saying for this entire time is love Peoria as yourself. So instead of recapping those weeks, I know I, I start a lot of our messages with recaps. Um, I want to say this. If you happen to miss uh, one of the weeks during this series, we have all of the audio recordings on our website. You can go to reachway.org and then backslash listen. Listen. And you can listen to any of the, the previous recordings and messages here. But we had uh, Pastor Gary from another church and um, we had a guest speaker. We have another one today. And we've been trying to invest into this idea of love. And this is why we've been doing that is because during Jesus' ministry on earth, he was asked a lot of questions. But one of the ones that he was asked more than any other, it seems, is what's the one thing that I've got to know? Uh, what's the, the greatest thing in order for me to get to wherever I think eternity is or whatever I think eternity is, and this is the context, right, of the people asking, what's the most important thing? What is the one thing that if I can just get that one thing right, then, then we're good, Right? Uh, some of the other times people ask, they, they go straight to the point, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus has asked this several times. And this is his response, this one time where he's asked this question in the Gospel of Mark. Someone says, what's the greatest commandment? And he answers in this way. He says, the first one is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. These, beyond anything else, are the two greatest commandments. And so we have been talking about for over a month that. And I hope today can add more to that conversation as well. Today's going to be an awesome time. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Um, today's message portion, today's talk is actually going to be an interview between me and a good friend of mine, Brian, who is, uh, is on staff at the Dream Center just down the road. If you're not familiar with the Dream Center, we're going to talk more about it in just a minute, but... It's what used to be the YMCA building in downtown Peoria. And if you were to see the skyline, you would see the sign that says, Jesus is, dot, dot, dot. And that's the Dream Center. We're going to talk about more of what they do. Uh, but Brian has been on staff there for a little bit over a year. And uh, since I have moved to Peoria, he's become a really good friend of mine um, and just recently became a co-worker as well. Um, I started a part-time staff at the Dream Center a few weeks ago as their chaplain. So um, I'm really excited to be able for my worlds to collide this morning. <laughs> um, so we're going to have a, a really great discussion. It's going to be some dialogue revolving around this idea of love. And, and be, be listening for a couple of things. Um, be listening first and foremost for a way that you can get plugged in at the Dream Center. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things that the Dream Center does. And something that I've come to know to be true over the last year is that they can fit any schedule when it comes to volunteering. They can fit any skill set. And you might be sitting there thinking, I don't have a skill set. Well, great, because there's a place for you still at the Dream Center. So the first thing is be listening for a way that you feel like you can get plugged in at the Dream Center. The second is this. Um, we are wrapping up our series, Love Peoria. Love Peoria as yourself. Be listening for a way that you can get a fresh set of eyes on what it looks like for you to be loved wherever you find yourself, workplace, marketplace, on your street, or uh, with the people who cross your path. 
be, on, be, be listening for those, for those two things. Um, but aside from that, I'd love to just get started. So would you help me welcome Brian? Brian, can you share with us how you got to Peoria? Because you're not, you're not from here, so share with us how you got here. I'm not from here. I'll, I'll tell the story, but um, I just want to throw out the disclaimer uh, right at the front that, you know, my story in Peoria, as you've heard it, um, and, and at the Dream Center, really is not a super planned out story, not a super intentional story uh, on my part, but looking back, it's clear to see how it was intentional on God's part. And I just throw that out there because so many times I know I've, you know, heard people talk uh, uh, at conferences or on a Sunday and, and something about the message connects with me. But then I go back home and I look at my own life and I think, well, shoot, I'm not, I'm not nearly as intentional as them or I don't, I don't plan out as well or I'm not as consistent as them or I don't spend that time in the Word like they do. And, um, uh, man, throughout my testimony, probably throughout yours, certainly throughout the Bible, it's filled with examples, right, of God takes something really small and makes it whatever he needs it to be, right? right? right. And so um, with that being said, I, I, I moved here uh, eight years ago. It was for work. I worked for the Boy Scouts, and I'm from Minnesota, uh, and it was simply a, a matter of a promotion for me. It was a good opportunity to make some more money and um, moved here, and uh, I, I enjoyed Peoria, but, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily really super home for me. It was For me, it was a three-, four-year kind of a commitment, um, and so after those three, four years are up, I started looking for other places, and uh, I remember going to, to Seattle because I love the outdoors and um, uh, had a great interview and loved the job, loved the place, and came back, and probably the first time uh, I thought I ever heard from God, not an audible voice, but it was a thought that clearly was not my own, and it was very direct, and, and, and it was a response to a question I had just prayed about, and, and it was about whether to take this or not, and I just clearly heard God say, um, Brian, I know you want to go, but I want you to stay. And so from there, my ears were kind of tuned up as to why am I in Peoria. And, and after that, I had some just experiences that really, um, not through a choice of my own, but just through people I was with, got closer to poverty, uh, started to see it through folks, uh, started to break my heart, um, and uh, I started to be more drawn towards it. And um, on, a, on a Monday, Andy King, the director of the Dream Center, calls me up and because he knew of my fundraising background at Dreams, uh, the Boy Scouts and said, hey, we're about to launch this development director job at the Dream Center. Would you write a job description for it? He didn't really ask if I was interested, uh, but just said, would you write the job description? So I said, so yeah, I can do that. And that was on and a you Monday. you put your name at the top of that job description. <laughs> I, I didn't. I honestly didn't think about it once for myself. Um, not, not an inkling. Uh, I was really happy with what I was doing. I had just gotten a promotion at the Boy Scouts here. Um, but I said, yeah, and that was on a Monday. And on a Wednesday, I was spending time with a young man who uh, I had been trying to mentor and just really spending time with him. And it was kind of a bad day where he had gotten caught in a lie. The one thing that it looked like he was making progress on in his life, he was homeless, and, but he was going to school at ICC. And that day we found out that he hadn't ever gone to class. He was lying the whole time. And so, yes, discouraging, but I remember going home that night and writing about it, journaling about it, and just saying, man, you know, despite what just happened, how it's discouraging at face value, I can just see God's hand on this kid's life. And, and mm -hmm. I thought about all the other examples of, of things I had seen happen in this city, and I just said, man, I want to I wanna talk about this more. I want to declare more what God's doing in the city because, man, people must not know. Otherwise, they'd want to be more involved, right? And as soon as I had written that down, God's like, all right, if that's what you believe, then this 
job you just heard about is for you. Spent a couple weeks trying to shake it off and couldn't, and so I switched to the Dream Center. And, and, and that's why I asked Brian, you know, one of the reasons I asked, how, do you, how did you get here, um, is because our city has a lot of reputations. Depending on who you talk to and where they live or how long they've lived here or around here, you hear different things about what Peoria is. But what I'm most intrigued of are the stories of the people that were not born here and that have chosen to come here and why they have now chosen to stay. Because what, what is every headline is everyone's leaving Illinois. Peoria is one of the faster shrinking cities out there. And below the surface of those headlines are people like Brian, who for a host of reasons have a reason to stay. So thank you for sharing how you got here, but why he stayed here. Um, I, I think that's really important for us uh, to hear. Uh, the reason that we're talking about Love Peoria is because of an event that the Dream Center uh, hosted just Absolutely. about a month ago. So can you talk about that Love Peoria event? Talk about what's really more important is the why behind that event and then what that actually ended up being. Yeah. Um, Dream Center is just at that spot in our history where we're growing, right? We've been doing this for 15 years, so we, we know what's working, we know what doesn't, and, and the things that are working we're trying to intentionally grow. So that's a big part of my job is just getting the word out there. And uh, so we had our first ever big event a year ago and it was really successful. And, as we started thinking about an event this year, we wanted to do it. We certainly wanted to raise some money, but in the back of our minds, we thought, you know what, it really just doesn't seem right to do an event that is just focused on one organization, right? To gather a thousand people at the Civic Center, have a nice meal and talk about one organization just didn't feel like a good use of, of our time. It wasn't who we were. So we said, what, what could we do that wouldn't just raise money for us, but would raise the tide for the whole city? Could we do that? What would it look like? And so we just started asking the question, what's the one thing we get to see every day at Dream Center that if only other people saw it, it would change the way they acted or volunteered? And, and for us, it was love. You know, that, that's the theme at the Dream Center. That's our goal every day is just uh, whoever comes through our door, try to go over the top and love on them. And some days we do it well, some days we don't. But, but that's the goal, and we see how you know, that breaks chains of poverty. Uh, that poverty in Peoria is less of a mind, uh, resource issue and, and more of a mindset issue, right? And uh, I, it became so clear for me about a year ago, um, I had started to hear our staff talk about this, about how poverty is a mindset thing, but it, it didn't really click for me. Um, and then uh, we got a gift from a church. They gave us some extra money and said, hey, we want you to just go over the top and bless some people with this. It's your choice how to do it. And so our team got together, and they decided that we're going to put on a, a mini spa for the women in our shelter. Andy may have shared this story when he was here. but yeah. um, And I, I was a little skeptical, right? I, my job is to raise money and, and been trying to work hard at doing that. We're getting more money, and then I hear that we're going to take a good amount and go <laughs> do a spa day with, with homeless shelter women. I was not – I wasn't connecting the dots, right, on how, how is this getting people out of poverty. But – wasn't my decision go along with it and and as Andy said you know man you could certainly see the the body language change on these women uh, as, as we're serving them dinner from connected restaurant you know an awesome dinner uh, and and hair and facial and foot massage so their body language starts to change and their and their words change but then at the end when you hear I heard the story of of a woman who beforehand said no to a, a, another gift we were given here we we're giving them all tickets to this conference this women's conference in addition to the spa night. And 
she said, hey, I, I'm grateful for the spa, but no, no on the tickets because I just don't feel like I'd fit in with that group. If I went to this conference with other women and they found out who I was or that I was living at a shelter, I just don't feel like I would fit in. I feel like a hypocrite was the word she used. And to see how she came in that way and after this spa night of just people going over the top, what might look like wasteful love almost, hmm. uh, she then came up to the director afterwards and says, okay, I'll give it a shot, right? Something clicked. That extravagant love changed her heart. It changed her mindset. And she said, I'll give it a shot. And she goes to the conference and the change continues, right? Extravagant love is like a snowball. It, it continues. And, and she starts to see herself differently. And that Sunday, she comes to church for the first time in years. There were reasons why she wouldn't go back to a church. She decides to try it. And sure enough, she gives her life to Christ, right? So right. just right in front of me, all this evidence that says, okay, over-the-top, Christ-like love, yes, that works. And so that was the idea of Love Peoria, is let's just try to show people what that looks like and inspire them to now go out and do it on your own. So uh, we had 2,300 people came, come, and the idea was let's send out 2,300 little dream centers, right, throughout the city and right. all loving people in their own, in their own way. So. And, and what that looked like practically was they brought in uh, author and speaker. His name's Bob Goff. You may be familiar with a book he wrote several years ago called um, Love Does, and then he just wrote a book called Everybody Always, and our leadership team from Reachway was at the event, and out of this event was this 60-day Love yep. Peoria campaign. So if you're familiar with social media at all, there's these things called hashtags where you use the pound sign, and you attach a phrase to your post on Facebook or Instagram or something like that, and what the Dream Center did was they challenged anyone who was in the room with um, a campaign to love, uh, to do some kind of act of kindness for someone and love them. And they asked uh, the people who were there to attach that Love Peoria tag to them talking about it on social media so that everyone else could see what other people in the city were up to and how they were doing that. Um, our, our church uh, kind of gathered um, our, our resources, we knew that we wanted to do one significant thing for our neighborhood in addition to doing those daily uh, or weekly challenges from the Dream Center. We did that just a couple days ago as our Thanksgiving giveaway where we partnered with two other churches in Peoria. We raised enough money for 150 Thanksgiving meals in a box, turkey, the whole thing, and we gave away 70 here and we gave away 80 at Harrison Home. So that's kind of how Reachway responded. Whether you knew it or not, we were responding to the Love Peoria initiative. But I'm wondering if you could share a story or two of um, what you are seeing throughout the city in this Love Peoria campaign, which we're about halfway through. Uh, the 60-day campaign ends December 23rd. So what have you seen halfway yeah, so far? And, and your story is a good example of probably what is the most encouraging is... is not necessarily the, 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 the folks that are going out and just doing the list, but it's what that's turning into, what that's leading to. That was always our hope is that, hey, this, these 60 ideas we have, there's nothing special about these. There, there are better ideas. There are more ideas. But can it inspire? Could, can a group take the idea away and now think of their own thing like Reachway did? Um, so I, I love seeing uh, examples of just simple stuff that people are doing and how it's leading to more. One of the first stories I heard was uh, early on there was a challenge about you know sitting with, with a kid at school 
or in work who normally doesn't have anybody with them at lunch and just having lunch with them. And that's a pretty simple act, right? It didn't say you got to be this friend's kid. Uh, it didn't say you got to sit with them for the rest of the year. But I've heard a couple stories of, of, of kids that have done that. And now guess where they're sitting ever since for the last three weeks? They're sitting with that same kid. Mm-hmm. So this simple act of love has now turned into a friendship. We almost trick the kid into becoming friends, right? But love <laughs> will do that. You can start simple, and it, and it grows, and that's a big theme. Um, one of them was, was, was uh, bringing cookies to a, a fire department, and I, I remember looking at that one. I didn't spend a ton of time thinking through the ideas, but I saw that. I'm like, well, surely there's got to be a ton of people that are bringing uh, gifts and such to firefighters, but, um, but let's do it. And so a group of kids did it for the, you know, the firehouse right down the street from you guys, and we heard from the firefighters how, like, man, we have, we have gotten many people do this for us, but there was something about this group that was different, hmm. and it really hit them. And, and, and I guess the, the little kid went up, and, and on his own, he walked up to the firefighters, this little, you know, uh, uh, six-year-old kid, and said, I'm here for love, Peoria. My job is to go over the top and love on somebody as part of a 60-day challenge, so I'm here to love on you. <laughs> and just a little kid sharing that with the firefighter, like, like shocked him. So simple things leading to more, that's, what, that's what's been the most, most encouraging. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was a really cool event to be at, and I think it has already done a lot of good. I think it'll do a lot more good for the, for the city as well. Um, I kind of want to take a turn, talk about the three values of the Dream Center. Um, we have values here at Reachway. A lot of organizations have values. Um, and I want to talk about each one specifically. Um, Dream Center Peoria, DCP, their values are dignity, compassion, and purpose. But each value has very unique nuances to um, those words, because those words can mean a lot of different things to us, but they certainly mean things to the Dream Center as well. And they really inform the why behind a lot of what Dream Center does. And the first one is dignity. And since volunteering at the Dream Center and then now working there over the last month, I have seen some nuances to this idea of dignity. We So we don't talk about dignity enough, I don't think. Um, It's just not a word that came up when I was coming up through church. Um, But it is proven to be so important, especially when you're able to serve families that are experiencing poverty. So can you talk about dignity, um, when the Dream Center says dignity, what they mean by that, and how that has informed some of the decisions that the Dream Center Do you mind if I just back up for a second? Uh, as I was thinking through my answers to these questions, before I started diving into the, to the details, uh, I, I just wanted to make really clear that if there's anything that I've learned over the years, if there's any main point that I want to get across, is is the same point that I think Bob Goff, the speaker that night, has in his book. He, the, the one thing, I don't remember a lot from books. I don't retain it. Uh, I retain more than I realize, but I don't remember actually words. And the thing he said is, stop making plans and just go love. Yeah. Right, And he said that night, too, that love is simple. And so we'll talk through some specifics, and there's some things that Dream Center's tried to articulate that we've seen work in the past and that we try to keep doing and, and some things that God tells us to do. But, but, man, if anything, don't make this complicated, right? It's about going out and loving. And, and as I think about it, I thought about this morning, everybody knows how to love, right? I, I've always known how to love, 
the challenge is I don't always know how to love well. Right. Or I, I'm flawed in my love sometimes, or I'm broken, or I, I'm doing it wrong, or I, I don't feel like I'm equipped. But in some way, shape, or form, we all know how to love. And so what I encourage you to do is just step out and, and do whatever flawed version of love you do know how to do, right? Whether that's a simple word. Maybe you don't have too much to say that really builds somebody up, but you can say, hello. Well, man, start by saying hello. And again, the theme of the Bible is that God will take a small thing and make it big, right? And, right. and love is contagious, we found out, that once you start it, you'll do more. And, and, and the closer you get to loving people, the Dream Center has certainly found, the closer you get, the more you'll start to see what else I can do. But if you think you're going to you know, sit back and, and listen to a lot of sermons and take a lot of notes and then go start loving, you're probably never going to get there. Mm. The best thing is to just start doing it in whatever way you know how, and then go from there. Yeah. So um, for me, thinking about dignity, it helps to think of kind of almost what the opposite of dignity is. And when I think of, you know, opposite of dignity, I think of, I think of something like shame, right? Mm. And we were talking about this mm. over breakfast that, you know, shame isolates, right? Shame isolates you, but, but dignity and love brings you out. Uh, shame gets you to think about, you know, what you've done and the mistakes you've made, whereas dignity and love gets you to think more about who you are or where you're going. Uh, shame gets you to look uh, at, at your flesh versus I think dignity and love more gets you to look towards God. So um, that's why it's significant to, to, to really treat people as, as God sees them, right. right? That's how I would look at dignity. And and, and all of these are like that. If only we knew who we were in Christ, life would be totally different, right? If I knew what God has actually done in me, if I knew the fact that I had the full spirit of Christ in me, that would change everything. So any chance we can get to remind somebody through our actions of who they actually are, that you are better than your circumstances, you are worth this, that, that, that's huge. Just the other day, somebody showed me I don't know if you call it dignity or just love. And it, as I was driving home, it, it rocked me. I was, I was meeting with a, a gentleman who has kind of mentored me, and he's worked with me on a couple projects, some big projects. Love Peoria is one of them. Um, and, uh, and after the first project we worked on, he, he kind of coached me on, hey, here, awesome job, but here's some things you need to do differently to be better uh, that are really important. And so he coached me on the next project to make sure we didn't repeat those mistakes and, and yesterday, he's meeting to kind of evaluate it and, and made it clear that, hey, I, you really messed up again. <laughs> and, and he said, you know, when I saw what, what, what you did, I was, I was really disappointed. Uh, but then afterwards, he said, man, I'm proud of you. Keep running. And he could have left me looking at what I had done, but he, he continued to point me to who I was and towards the future. And, and it just really hit me, man, how powerful that is, that when we treat people with dignity, we don't, it's not that we're okaying their mistakes, or, but we're, we're not looking at those, we're looking at their future, right? So yeah. that's how I think of dignity. Yeah, and some of the underlying themes of dignity is equality. So one of the, one of the things that the Dream Center does in the name of dignity is they have a ministry called the Hope Store, yeah. which is a clothing what, what, what you would think of as a clothing ministry. Well, if you walk into the Hope Store, you don't walk into a room that has eight-foot folding tables 
and just garbage bags of free clothes dumped on the table. You will find clothing racks like you would see at Kohl's, JCPenney, any other store, organized by size and by gender and age, you know, kids over here, women and men. That is, that's a tangible expression of dignity is, yeah, we're going to give you free clothes, but you got to sort through all of these. No, we're going to organize them for you. Um, then you go into this other room. This has been the coolest thing is there's a whole nother section of the Hope Store, and it's clothes specific for if you were working a, like a professional job. Um, there are suits for, for guys, and there's dresses and other suits for women and things like that. And you walk into this room, and it is, I, I don't know the fancy, I don't know how fancy you get with your shopping, but it is organized and designed and laid out in such a way to where you feel like you are at some high-end store where someone's going to come out and tr help you fit a suit and things like that. That's dignity, is you are here for free clothes, but we are going to make this the coolest experience ever for you. Um, that, those are just some of the tangible ways that dignity is expressed. Um, second value is compassion. Um, can you talk about a way perhaps that you have really seen compassion at play and how that changes things for the people that come through? Yeah, and, and going back to the, the dignity in that store, I think it's, it's as I'm thinking about what can I do to love people, it's really comforting for me to know, to remind myself that, hey, it's not about the item that I'm really giving away, right? Because if I think about the item or the thing I'm doing, I can immediately question, do I have enough or is, is what I'm giving really what they need? Right. It's not about the clothes that we're giving away at this career store, right? It's about the dignity. It's about just uh, trying to show somebody that you're not your value isn't based on your circumstances, right? So for me, that's comforting. I, I can do that, right? I don't know if I have the best clothes or I don't know if I have enough money to give away or I don't know if I'm a good enough cook to invite somebody over to my house and, and give them dinner. But if it's just about God speaking to them through my actions, okay, I, I'm, I'm willing to step into that. For sure. Um, compassion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, there's a lot of similarities, right? But there's a couple things, as I was thinking, that I've, I've really learned about compassion, about dignity, um, the first is just that God's ways are so much bigger than mine. Uh, hmm. What he's trying to do through my actions is, is so much bigger. It, it first hit me when I went to Brazil for a missions trip. It was my first missions trip. And I'm a, I'm a financial guy. I'm an analytical guy. So I'm constantly wrestling through the numbers of how much I'm spending on this trip and how much our group is spending. And, I'm, and I get to Brazil and I see the project that we're doing and it it's really pretty simple, and I find out that the people there probably had the skills and the resources to do this on their own. And so I'm starting to think, what am I really doing any good, right? And it's easy to think about that with our acts of love. Am I really making a difference? It, it doesn't look like this is accomplishing anything. And then at the end, I start to get to, to know people and find out they, they share their testimonies of, of how the timing of our visit had just been such an encouragement to them to keep up with their walk of God, to, to keep on being a parent to their kids, that, that it wasn't about what I did, but it was just about God encouraging them through me. And, and we've seen now that one of those parents that said this trip was incredibly encouraging, their son now is living in the U.S. He's living in Peoria with one of the families that, um, that, that had gone on the trip, and, and this kid is being raised up into a, into a leader. 
So um, God's ways are so much bigger. Um, God doesn't value the things that we value, mm. right? And we don't always value the things God values, unfortunately. Um, uh, last week I was looking at, at, at making a gift to somebody who was just on my heart. Um, and um, I had some idea of, of why I think he needed it, but, but I had just felt this very clear amount and, and the direction to give this guy a gift. And uh, my, my big prayer during the whole time was, was, hey, man, just remove my expectations, God. I don't, I don't want to have any expectations of what he's going to do with this. Um, I just want to give it out of obedience. And, and after I give it, what he, text back, what he texted back to me is um, he said, wow, this God must really believe in what I'm doing. It was, it was a gift into his ministry that he was trying to start. And so there again, the money wasn't about what he's going to be able to do with it or how much I gave him, but to him, God spoke to him that he's worth it, that God believes you can do this. Um, so right. God's value is, he's, he's valuing something completely different, right? Um, and then the final one is just to not have any expectations yeah. on, on what our love is going to do. Uh, one of, one of the, the people that uh, has been big in my story was this young man who I met him at church, and he was homeless and um, felt the, the, when I met the guy, I met, I met him on, you know, beforehand. We went downstairs to have coffee, and, and then the service, the pastor spoke about fatherhood that day, and it was just really convicting that, hey, this kid is homeless. He doesn't have a father. Brian, step in. And there's a hundred reasons why I'm the wrong person, right? I am not good at, at working with kids. I don't necessarily see myself as a relationship kind of person. I'm thinking, surely there's got to be somebody better. Um, but uh, I, I stepped into it. And it turns out six months later, it looked like everything completely flopped, right? All my time, this is the kid that I found out had been lying. And so it's like all my time, what is, what is this done? Uh, it seems like no value has been accomplished. Sure enough, about four months after, he ends up leaving town because he ran away from this problem. Uh, his brother reaches out to me because his brother knew that I had been driving him to church. And he says, hey, could I start going to church? And so I started driving his brother, and, and from day one, this kid just completely comes alive. This is an example of somebody who is living in poverty and just has had no experiences in life. And as soon as he started doing things, his personality comes out. Uh, he right. starts talking. His confidence starts to grow. Uh, what looks like maybe a, a total learning disability where this kid's got no future, he starts talking fine and, and doing better in school. So... The one story leads to another, and so um, I guess that's the biggest thing is, is God's ways are bigger than mine. He values different things than I do. Try not to put expectations on my compassion, on my, on my dignity. Absolutely. Um, something that we talked about last week more in depth, and we got into it two weeks ago, we look at the story of the Good Samaritan, and one of the, things, one of the conclusions we came to is when we look at the phrase, love your neighbor as yourself, and then we look at the question, well, who is my neighbor? The conclusion we came to as, is it's less about focusing on the who is my neighbor, and it's more of a focus on how am I loving my neighbor. The how we love, that is dignity. We love with dignity, and we love with compassion. Dream Center's third value is purpose. And, and I have found, and we've already heard it in a few of the stories that Brian has shared, is that Purpose ends up being one of the things that culminate as a result of our dignity, 
as a result of our compassion is people find purpose. So can you share maybe uh, something about how you have seen a specific person or groups of people find purpose as a result of love in the Dream Center? Yeah, and that's, that's a good connection to draw. That dignity, I think, in particular leads to finding purpose. Um, if you come through Dream Center, you'll see that we have a, a skilled trade school, which we're really excited about. And it all started pretty simply with kind of an over-the-top act. We, um, we drive all the kids home at Dream Center, so that's resource-intensive, right? But it means we get to meet their families and get to know their circumstances, get to know their home life. So one of the grandmas were t- was telling us on one of these drives home that, uh, hey, her grandson Isaiah is making these horrible choices. Uh, he's really screwing up on school, and she was almost pleading with our bus driver on, hey, can you do something to help him out. So we took that, and when at the very end, she said, I know that he is smarter than he's letting on because just last week, Isaiah took apart the family VCR and put it back together. So like this kid has got something going on in his mind, but he is letting it out in all the wrong ways. Uh, so the bus driver takes that nugget back, tells one of our volunteers, and the volunteer immediately thinks, all right, I can do something about this. And so the next day, he brings in a motorcycle and just starts working with Isaiah one-on-one, and found out that that, giving that kid a purpose, pouring into him, showing him value through just his time, uh, the kid starts to come alive, right, and sees that, uh, we see that he he can see things in 3D, he knows how to put things together, and pretty organically, uh, it turns into a half a dozen volunteers and a half a dozen kids working on job skills to the point now where all 70 kids have some kind of trade they're working on, and and it's been really encouraging to us that, that when people like yourself, when people in Peoria, I think, see something that is working, when they see something that, where they say, hey, I could do that, they step into it. And as people have been coming through and seeing this small career skills program, we've had so many that have stepped up and said, okay, hey, I could start teaching this or I could teach that. And that's how it's grown. Mm-hmm. Um, so really encouraging. Um, that, 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 little, that little need, meeting that little need has turned into this. Um, another one is uh, on the adult side is I met a, a man on the street corner just walking by him and um, had that little, that little nudge right from God to go back. And we talked for a little bit, but um, and he told me how he was looking for a job and he was struggling and um, he was homeless and and I gave him some advice, right? I, I told him what I had learned because I've seen that there are a lot of people hiring. So I told him of some places. But as I was walking away, I, I felt that nudge that, hey, you could do more. Why don't you go help him with it? So went back and gave him my card and said, hey, you know, I, no promises. I can't hire you, but I, I know some places that probably would. And if you want to meet for coffee, uh, let's, let's, let's meet tomorrow at 8 o'clock and I'll help you apply. We'll walk through this process together, right? Not knowing what that would lead to. And I figured, okay, if he shows up, then that's enough of a sign that I'll invest some time into him. Uh, And he does show up. And you start to hear his story. Uh, He was pretty honest and open from day one that this was a guy who was a a sex offender. Uh, Child pornography. Later find out that... uh, a little different in that it was possession, not creation of it, right? But it doesn't matter in the eyes of the law. There's, there's some mandatory sentencing. So for, for possessing it, he, was, he went to jail for many years. 
and he has carried this weight. He is, by and large, somebody who, who is remorse for what he's done, unlike many people in prison he saw. So since he's been back, he's been out of jail for 18 years, he has carried this weight, and he has lived literally in a hole his whole life because he's felt awful what he's done. He's felt fearful that if anybody found out what he did, that they would retaliate. So he goes to work at a really bad job, doesn't talk to anybody, and then comes home and lost his job eventually and became homeless. So just these couple of coffees, you find out that this is a highly skilled guy, I find out. He's got some very particular skills that are get paid very well. And he appeared to show up on time. He didn't have any drug problems. And one thing leads to another, and he applies, and he gets this awesome job at Illinois Crane making $18 an hour. And if he shows up for three weeks or three months, he's going to get bumped up to whatever. Um, and it turns out he lost that job, but he got back on his feet, and he got another one, and now he's, he's for, I don't know, two, three months, been making $15 an hour, 40-hour a week uh, at a good assembly of jobs. So just that simple one-on-one -on -one time, right, letting him talk turned into he reconnected with his purpose. And praise God that, again, it was nothing that, that wasn't some master plan I went in with, uh, but it's amazing how God... God will lead us, right? And something as simple as just taking somebody out to coffee and listening to their story. Now he found purpose. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. When we were preparing for this morning, I asked Brian, share as many stories as you possibly can. And he has so many more. This is why he has been doing that is beyond any program or initiative or campaign, there are human beings whose lives are being changed. And that's what I don't want us to miss this morning is, okay, we have a homeless shelter at the Dream Center and we have a clothes closet and this after school program, but there are people like Isaiah, for example, who are going on in life, think about this, without purpose. And it took a few donations and someone to volunteer their time for a human being to find their purpose. Purpose for a lot of us was given to us. We had, not all, I'm not speaking for everyone here, but well, I know a lot of us, just because I know our stories, we, we come from stability. We come from, I'm not saying affluence, but we come from stability, where there's a foundation there in a family unit, and we are brought through in life. And which is it, a good word. Stability is a good way to describe yeah, it, which be, is what a lot of them are lacking. Yeah. Because that's what they lack. When we talk about single moms or dads being not in the picture or any, it's they lack stability. That's what it comes down to. And the reason we share stories about people is because that's at, that's at what is what's at the heart of this. So we're going to talk about two different ways that Reachway can get plugged into what the Dream Center is doing right now a couple of programs, a couple of initiatives, but keep in mind there are human beings at the other end of this that through some dignity, through some compassion, they find purpose. Uh, the first one is uh, stuff a stocking. Um, you might have noticed when you walked in, there's some stockings hanging up there. Brian, could you speak to a few moments about how we have an opportunity to, to come alongside the Dream Center? Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, Dream Center's model is to really go deep with a small number of people, right? So we have... Uh, 
70, 80 kids in our after-school program. We have about 110, 120 people every night that are living in our building that would otherwise be homeless. So for every one of them, we're trying to bless them with some things for Christmas. And so we've made up a stocking for every individual in the Dream Center family. Um, and uh, you guys have got 10 stockings out there right now. And uh, so uh, in there, if you want to take one and be that blessing, uh, in there is a description of who it is that you're giving for, a little bit about them, whether they're a male, female, some of their interest, and, and the idea is you would buy a gift for them. So think about that. If you're taking one, there's, a, there's an individual behind it, right? So don't take it unless you're going to fill it. Uh, but it's just one more way that we can just kind of go over the top and, and bless them. And then we have the Hope Store at the Dream Center. It has clothing, but we also try to provide, if we can, things for the kitchen, things for the home, um, different utensils, and other non-clothing items that are still very much part of our daily lives. Um, the, the Dream Center, uh, Brian has a short list of things that the Dream Center is looking for, specifically for the Hope Store. Yep, yeah, we're always looking for things, but seasonally there's different stuff that we're short on. Right now where the big need is, um, partly because of the season, is bedding, so sheets, comforters, um, that sort of thing, towels. Uh, so big need for that, particularly larger beds. Um, and then uh, uh, kitchen items, so pots, pans, uh, utensil utensils, plates. Uh, we give a lot of that out for families who are re-entering from homeless to stability to help them with their first place. We also help the folks who are moving into our apartments uh, with those items. So we're particularly low on, on um, kitchen items and bedding. doesn't need to be new but just something that, again, would show dignity that you would feel comfortable with. And if you're going to respond to that, um, feel free to bring those items here to Reachway the next time you're here. Um, we, can, we can get those down the street. There's only a couple drop-off times at the Dream Center throughout the week, so to best fit your schedule. If you've got some leftover bedding items, some kitchen items, feel free to bring those to Reachway the next time you're here, and we'll make, make sure that those... Uh, get to the place that they need to be. Do you mind if I say one more thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Just I, I love I love being here. I had never been here on a Sunday before, but through Seth, I've heard a lot about your church's story, uh, multiple stories going on here. And at my time at Dream Center, I've just learned more and more about the North Valley and whatever I can do just to encourage you guys and what you're doing from a distance. Man, you can see God's hand on on this neighborhood and see that uh, things are moving where they haven't been moving. You can see where you know seeds have been planted many, many years ago, people who have been living here for many, many years, and how uh, just that faithful service is starting to show fruit um, or more of it. Um, and so, man, be encouraged where you are. The thing we said at, at the Love Peoria as well is, uh, and I'll say it to, to you and to this neighborhood, is, is just to raise the expectations that, Whatever we think God is doing through us or in our city or in our neighborhood, he wants to do a lot more. And so I hope, I hope your expectations get raised today for, for your city. We threw out the challenge to, to Peoria as a whole to kind of answer the question of what's next. People are asking that, right? In the city, we used to be a distillery town, then we are a manufacturing town, and now with Cat, uh, not headquartered here, but he's asking, what's next for Peoria? What's our identity? And we threw out the whole thing. Uh, the challenge of what if, what if the next thing we're known for is our love? What if the city of Peoria could be known for its love? What if the North Valley could be known for its love? I truly see in what's going on here that, that the revitalization of the North Valley uh, 
is that everything that's needed to make that happen seems to be here. And that what you guys do here in the North Valley, I believe, is going to be a model for how the South Side and 61605 takes its next step. So just awesome work. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and, and have, uh, have high expectations for what, what's next. Thanks. We agree with that, right? Yeah, sure we do. Can we thank Brian for being here this morning? Cool. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Appreciate it.